0: Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrugan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to week five of our series, Open to the Spirit this morning we're going to park ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we have a look at the relationship between the body of Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, we live in a world of radical individualism. The message that we're bombarded with again and again is look out for yourself. Follow your heart, do what's best for you because no one else will. At the end of the day, you've just got to get what's yours and the kind of thing that underpins all of that is this mentality of because you're worth it gets what yours because you're worth it nobody else is going to get it for you and that view of the world perpetuates and even celebrates self-reliance and at a first glance that doesn't seem like such a bad thing i mean who doesn't want to be self-reliant it sounds noble almost responsible and yet it's a trap From a faith perspective, it can lead people down a path where they think that following Jesus and participating in church community are almost mutually exclusive pursuits. You can have one without the other. I think one of the ultimate expressions of that is church online. And I'm not talking about church at home. I'm not talking about churches around the world doing the best they can in the midst of a pandemic. Let's just put that to the side for a moment. The reality is that long before COVID was ever reality in our world, thousands of people were doing church online. And once again, I'm not talking about people who are sick. I'm not talking about people who are away for work or can't physically get to the building anymore. Let's just park all of that. Long before COVID was ever a reality, there was a growing trend of people whose preference was to engage with the church through an online platform. And I think that's incredibly revealing. I think it says a lot. It says to me that you want somebody to preach. Well, that's a good thing, we need that. You're not a musician, so you definitely need a band and, and, and someone to lead you into the presence of God and to lead you into worship, but you don't think that you need the body at all. It's just me, the pastor, and the band, and actually, I like it that way. I really like it that way. Well, it says something, doesn't it? That for a growing number of people, churches become something they tune into, something they attend, not something they belong to. That for a growing number of people, it's become me and the Holy Spirit. And if I'm honest, I don't actually think that I need you at all. So I'm just gonna stay at home and I'm just gonna tune in online. I think Paul would say, you don't know it, but man, you're missing out. You are missing out. (laughs) Because there's something about the body of Christ that's intrinsically connected to the movement and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you're missing out. So we're gonna be looking at this morning as we have a look at our passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verse 12 all the way through to verse 26. If you've got your Bibles here this morning, you can turn there. We'll be on the screen, but it's just always a good idea to have your Bibles open. Here we go. It says this, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So it is with Christ's body. That's how you could read that. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that Here's why. So that there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we pick it up in verse 12, and the point that Paul is making is pretty clear. He's using the analogy of the human body to help us understand the nature of the church, Christ's body. But you gotta understand that this was a metaphor that was actually used all the time during Paul's time. It's a very common metaphor. And he takes it and he actually flips it. See, traditionally, the body metaphor was used to invoke the idea of an unquestioned hierarchy. It's all about the head and the hands and the feet, well, they just do what they're told. And that's how the world, that's how society should work as well. And Paul gets that, that idea and he flips it. And he says, that might be the way of the world, but don't think for a second that's the kingdom of God. That Christ is the head of his church, but underneath him, we are one. As Graham says all the time, the ground is absolutely level at the foot of the cross. So if we look at the body and what all that's trying to say to us, we can see Paul saying it's not unity or diversity, it's unity in diversity. Yeah. And there's some traps in that. Because unity doesn't equal uniformity. And division, sorry, diversity doesn't open the door to division. And Paul says that this place should be one, absolutely united, and yet full of diversity and we don't don't choose a side, we're both of these things. It's a beautiful thing and it's actually something that our world has lost. There's almost no room in our society for people to disagree or be different and yet maintain relationship. That our society is more divided than it ever has been before and yet within that, There's just this wonderful opportunity for the church to shine as a light into the darkness by simply being one. By being the people God has called us to be. The ESV puts it this way, and I like it better. It says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. In one spirit. We were all baptized into one body. And here's where Paul challenges our radical individualism. See, from a biblical point of view, there is no such thing as a solo Christian or a lone ranger Christian. It's just not there. It's just not. And you can look as much as you want, but the idea that it's just Jesus and me or the Holy Spirit and me, and that's all that I really need is completely and utterly unbiblical. You read the Bible and everything says the exact opposite. And we were baptized in one spirit, into one body, because God's plan for you involves him surrounding you with other spirit-filled, spirit-led believers. There is no such thing in here as a solo Christian. I'm not downplaying the reality that many people have been hurt by the church. That's there and it should grieve us there's just too many people that have experienced emotional, psychological, and even spiritual abuse in the church, and it should grieve us. But the idea of a solo Christian just isn't there. Pushed to each other, we need each other. And I'll say it again, it's because God's plan for you involves him surrounding you with spirit-filled, spirit-led believers. And the word that he uses in verse 13 for drink gives us the sense of someone who's been drenched or saturated that's how it's used metaphorically so the lord wants to surround you with people who have been saturated by the spirit and if you're not sure as to why that is i think the rest of this chapter makes it pretty clear Because there is a ministry of the Holy Spirit that's facilitated in and through his people. Because that's true, it means that we need each other. The Lord works through you and so I need you. I'm less without you. I'm gonna pick it up in verse 15. He changes tack a little bit. He says this in verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. They're all one part. Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. For the body of Christ is about unity in diversity. In one spirit, we were all baptized into one body because we need each other. And there is a ministry of the Holy Spirit that's facilitated in and through his people. So we need each other. But then we get to verse 15. And Paul turns his attention to the things and the issues that have a tendency to get in the way of that ministry. And the first one is comparison. Now you've got to understand, this was an incredibly gifted church. If you popped in on a Sunday, you'd see prophetic words, healing, tongues, you name it, they had it. And yet that giftedness wasn't leading them into oneness. It wasn't building up the body of Christ. It was actually breaking them apart. And it's strange to think about that. How could a spiritual gift, in other words, a gift given by the Holy Spirit, how could that lead to division? Well, pretty easily, actually. And it's all about the heart behind the gift. And what's made abundantly clear to us is that this was a church that overemphasized the spectacular or the the flashy gifts. It overvalued those gifts. So we're all equal because Jesus told us we're all equal and it's not always a good idea to go against Jesus. So we're all equal. It's just that some of us are just a little bit more equal than others. You know, we're all equal, but Bob's healing people. And that's a bit of a big deal. You're doing tea and coffee and we love that, but Bob's healing people. And you can understand now in that kind of atmosphere, that it really shouldn't surprise us that people began to fall into the trap of comparison. I mean, it's just human nature. Who doesn't wanna know that they're loved and valued? Who doesn't want to know that what they're doing actually matters. I think all of us fit into that category. And yet, it's a trap. Because comparison so often leads to discouragement, which invariably leads us to bitterness and division. And it's just death. For you, for the body, it is just death. That's why John Piper says this, what's the ailment here? It's the feeling or the opinion that if you're not like somebody else, you are useless. Paul quotes two samples of the ailment. In one case, the person with foot gifts and foot graces looks at the person with hand gifts and hand graces and says, I'm not like that, so I'm not any good to the body. I may as well not even be a part of the body. His comparison makes him feel useless, less, like he doesn't belong. He doesn't have a worthwhile role to play. And in the other case, the person with the ear gifts and the ear graces looks at the person with the eye gifts and the eye graces and says, I'm not like that. So I'm not getting any good to the body. I may as well not even be a part of the body. And the ailment that threatens the body are feelings of uselessness. I'm not needed. That actually this body, you can just get along without me. It's fine without me. My gifts are not important. You know, that's an incredibly dark place to be. And I recognize that some of you here this morning might be feeling exactly that. And if you are, I want you to know you're wrong. You're wrong. You may think that your gifts are less important or even worse, completely unnecessary, but you're wrong. And if anybody else has spoken that over you, I want you to know they're wrong as well. Because this is what Paul says The body does not exist if not for the diversity that you're resisting when you compare yourself to someone else and think, man, I wish I was more like them. Body doesn't exist if not for that diversity. Verse 18 says, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. When you compare yourself to the people sitting next to you, you put yourself in opposition to the very nature of the body. And here's the kicker. You're actually saying, Jesus, you got it wrong with me. Like I know that you created me and I know that you welcomed me into the kingdom and into this body, And I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me, that you've uniquely gifted me. The Bible says that, so I believe that. But a part of me thinks that actually, you kind of got it wrong with me. You should have made me more like that person over there. You know, my first experience in ministry was as a student pastor at a church in Brisbane. I was there two days a week while I was finishing my studies. And then I was lucky enough to be put on full time when I finished. And in a lot of ways, uh, it was just an, an amazing blessing to me because it was just a really healthy team. And I was one of, of four pastors and there was a whole lot of support stuff around that, right? But I'm incredibly grateful for my time there. I learned a lot. I really, really did because I'll be honest with you, I was pretty rubbish. <laughs> like I don't know all that much now, but I knew way, way less <laughs> than. It's kind of just the grace of God that people didn't go, this church sucks and leave, right? But Maybe they did, but I don't think they did. Anyway, one of the biggest lessons that I took away from that church was around team dynamics and around the giftedness within the body. Like I said, there was four of us that were on the pastoral team and that was was awesome. But all four of us were pastor teachers. In other words, we all had the same gifting and passion. We were all really similar. And in one sense, that was awesome because we just agreed with each other all the time. We're all passionate about the same stuff. And there was this real sense of alignment. Everybody felt really good about themselves because everybody else thought, you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. So are you. You're doing a wonderful job. It's fantastic. Everybody's loving it. But there was such, such a hole in that team. You know what we desperately needed? We desperately needed a Mike Miles. I'm serious. People can't believe that. Mike, you should be offended. The scoffing around this room right now, I'm only joking. We desperately needed Mike Miles. I'm serious. We needed someone who loved people more than they loved air or breathing or just anything. It's just ridiculous in the amount that they love people. We needed somebody who knew every single person's name, who genuinely cared about what was happening in their life. We needed somebody who was going to be there anytime time a new person walked in. He was going to connect. That's what we desperately, desperately needed. And I know that the staff are just like a microcosm of the wider body, okay? But that principle is true for the entire church, that we need each other. We need the Christine Kangs up here leading us in worship, but we need the encouragers out in the foyer. And these guys are out there week after week, welcoming new people, connecting them in. They do the most incredible job. And there's nothing particularly flashy or spectacular about what they're doing. They're not welcoming people in an angelic language. It'd be weird. Don't do that, by the way. If you have tempted, don't do that. There's nothing flashy or spectacular about what they're doing. They're just loving people. That's all it is. They're just loving people. And yet Paul is saying, don't confuse ordinary with unimportant or even worse than that, ordinary with unnecessary. We need you. We need you. You've been uniquely gifted and we need you. So here we go. This is how he finishes in verse 21 after he says that. He goes on to say, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, and we're gonna get back to that word weaker, that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Why? Here's why. So that... There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So we get to the last part of this passage and Paul turns his attention to those on the other side of that comparison. He'd probably come away feeling pretty good about himself, Right? And he says, be very careful not to fall into the trap of self-reliance. You may be gifted and chances are you've been told that you're gifted again and again and again. So you know that you're gifted, but don't think for a second that means that you don't need the people sitting next to you. You know, there's an old saying, some people think it's an African proverb. Nobody really knows. I tried to research and find out why that. It doesn't seem like somebody just tacked that on there to give it a bit more authority, whatever. I like it, so I put it in anyway. If you want it to be an African proverb, go for it. It says this, if you wanna go faster, go alone, but if you wanna go further, go together. Now, it's not scriptures, you don't base your life on it, but I think there's some truth in there, I really do. Pride so often leads to a siloed mentality. I've got this, I don't need you, and it's based on self-reliance. I've got this. Paul says that's not the kingdom of God. In fact, he goes way further than that. He says the parts of the body that seem weaker, and it doesn't mean that they actually are weaker, it says they seem weaker. So from a human point of view, they seem weaker. Those parts of the body are actually indispensable. If you look up that word weaker in the Greek, it gives us the sense of someone who is of complete unimportance someone who's unable to achieve anything of real value. That's what that word means. Now, from a human point of view, we toss that person to the side. But in the upside down kingdom of God, Paul says that person is indispensable. And it's just this great reminder to us that God uses the weak to shame the strong and he uses the foolish to shame the wise. And he uses the lowly things, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, that our boasting might not be in ourselves, but our boasting might be in him, and in him alone. And we need each other. Because there's anything amazing about you, in and of yourself, or me, in and of myself, we need each other. Because God has this beautiful way of ministering to his people through his people. And it's not always gonna be the person you think it is. I know sometimes God will use the weakest among us that we might be reminded of his strength, his glory, that it's his church and he builds it. And he doesn't need you and he doesn't need me. And we need each other. Here's what I think this comes together to say this morning. I've said it like six or seven times. We need each other. And there's a challenge in this for us. That we would be a community that truly is one. That we would share each other's joy and sorrow because it's the image of the body. That's the whole point of it. I dislocated my finger last year. I wasn't sitting there thinking, man, my finger's in a lot of pain right now. No, I was thinking, man, I'm in a lot of pain right now. My finger is hurting, but all of me thinks that this sucks, okay? And all of me would really like this to end. It was shared universally. That's the body. That's how it works. That's who we're called to be. A group of people that have genuine love and care for one another. Because here's the thing, in that place of genuine love and concern, the Spirit of God begins to minister to his people through his people. I'll give you an example. There was a young guy in our church, grew up in a non-Christian family, but found the Lord a couple of years ago, praise God. He shared his story at Salty Weekend, not this year, but actually last year. And he said that he'd come to our church after bouncing around for a while, and he was just really struggling to find a place that he could call home. And he wasn't finding much luck here either because the truth is that we used to be just a little bit clicky. Not true of us anymore, praise God, but it used to be. And so he was struggling and he'd been coming for a while and he just still felt like he was really on the outer. And then one day after church, the Lord prompted one of our other young adults just to go and to chat to him and to encourage him. As such a small thing. Just to go to chat to somebody and just just feel like the Lord, just, I just want to encourage you just because I feel like the Lord's put that on my heart. Any one of us could do that. And yeah, and I want to use these words. He said, they made me feel welcome. They made me feel like this was God's house and I was welcome here and that this was a place that had a purpose for me. One small conversation, just a little bit of encouragement. And it goes from feeling completely on the outer, thinking, you know what? There's a place for me here. In fact, I think the Lord has a purpose for me Here. A little over a year later, Jonathan does what he does best. He connects him with a pastor that had come over from Japan to speak to us. You might remember him, Pastor V. The Lord starts to stir in this guy's heart, starts to give him a passion for Japan. Fast forward to now, and that young guy's heading to Japan later this year. He's stepping out in faith because he thinks the Lord, believes the Lord, has put this mission on his heart. And truth is, that this, just, that's awesome stuff. We love to see people going on with God, stepping into what the things that God has for them. And yet the reality is that all of that started with someone who was just willing to say yes to a prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not a big thing just to go to and talk to somebody, to go to encourage somebody, a sense from the Holy Spirit, just go do that. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit, it's amazing what can happen. We need each other. So we need to fight to be the body that Paul is talking about. Doesn't just happen by chance. You got to fight for that. My experience is that so often the Spirit of God moves through His people when He ministers to His people. I've experienced that so many times in my life, where we felt like just it's real tough right now, and we're looking around and going, "Where are you, God?" In the midst of this, and then the Lord sends somebody and they step into our circumstance. And that Jesus' is hands and feet to us, and it makes all the difference that I have experienced again and again and again, that so often the Lord works through his people. So I would say you want more of the Spirit of God in your life. Amazing. So do I. Get plugged into the body. That so you might be surrounded by people who are saturated in the spirit. Another challenge, come to church ready to give, not just to receive. That's what the body means. You don't come just to receive. I pray you do. pray you come to give as well. Yeah. That we might be the body that God has called us to be. And we might see the spirit move in and around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. You love us with an unfailing love. And if not for that, none of this even matters. And you laid down your life to set us free. You brought us together, you formed this body and you continue to build this church and we just have this wonderful opportunity to partner with you. We thank you for that, God. You don't need us and yet you choose to minister in and through us and we're really grateful for that, God. That you would bless us by choosing to use us in the building of your kingdom. As we pray, Jesus, we pray that you would help us to be one. That we would love one another in such a way that the Spirit of God is free to minister in and through His people to His people. This we pray for in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.